0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Dabble Co. podcast. I feel like I can stop saying I'm your host, nurse practitioner Claire O'Brien, but also maybe you're new here. So I'm your host, nurse practitioner Claire O'Brien. This is my 10 questions episode. We're doing a Thanksgiving edition um, simply because Thanksgiving is this week. So I posted a little question box on my Instagram and these are some of the questions that my Instagram folks sent in. So thank you for these. Um, you guys continue to ask good, uh, hilarious, thought-provoking, random questions, and I will continue to answer those questions as long as you ask them. So picked a few this week that I thought were just, you know, fitting. We're not trying to be too heavy or too light around this holiday season. All right, question number one, what are my favorite holiday meals? Controversial take. I, I, I don't care about turkey. Really don't. I'll, I'll eat it, I guess, but I would rather focus on the sides. I'm a, I'm a sides person. My dad's dressing. It's one of my favorite things. He makes a cornbread dressing. So he makes the bacon first, gets the bacon grease, does the cornbread, very sagey. That's a staple for me. Also controversial, probably, I don't really love sweet potato casserole or I like a sweet potato like in another type of meal, but for Thanksgiving, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't really love it. And I don't really, I don't understand why we have sweet potato casserole and then sweet potato pie because they're pretty much the same without the crust. I know that this is the hard hitting journalism you guys have been looking for, but that's just kind of my thought. I feel like I enjoy a good green bean casserole, but it needs to be the kind with like canned mushroom soup and the french's crispy onions on top. I saw one recipe the other day. Somebody had posted where they were like making a bechamel sauce and like frying their own shallots and I was like, girl, we should, I don't have time for that. Honestly, too love a leftover at the holidays. I feel like it's so much work and so much lead into the the big meal that then everybody's kind of exhausted. I, but I also feel that way when I'm cooking a big meal, like if I'm cooking a very complicated or difficult dinner even in my own house, by the time I get to the end of the meal or cooking the meal, I'm just, I'm like, I don't even want to eat this anymore. So I don't know. I like, you know, I kind of like it all. I love any vegetable. I'm really not picky for desserts. I'm going caramel cake. I'll eat a pecan pie. If it's around, I'll eat a pumpkin pie if it's around, but I would much rather have a 12 layer caramel cake or a 12 layer chocolate cake. I like Caroline's cakes. Although last year at Christmas, I ordered one of those like Oprah's favorite things, whatever. And it was some kind of peppermint cake and it had cream cheese icing. I don't care for cream cheese icing. I don't understand. I don't under, like, I don't understand what is happening there. It is like a sour weirdness to me. I am going full sugar. I don't need any sort of tartness cutting the sugar. I just need to feel like I'm on the edge of diabetes, and so I don't need a cream cheese situation. So I I hope that's helpful. Macaroni and cheese, mashed potatoes, is it a carbohydrate? Then yes, I enjoy it. Broccoli casserole, squash casserole, any casserole I will put in my face. Turkey, if you're bringing me a roasted turkey, meh, I might eat it. If I'm going to eat it, I'm going to put canned cranberry jelly on it. I do not want your homemade fancy cranberry jelly. It's kind of like homemade ketchup. Nope, don't come up in here with that. I don't want it. Do not want it. I would like from a can where you can see the ridges from the can. So that's that's that. Those are my favorite holiday meals. Um, my dad, a long time ago, started doing a Christmas meal with a beef tenderloin, and that's awesome. We do like mom does twice baked potatoes; those are great. We do like some asparagus, that kind of thing. But we're here. We're here to talk about Thanksgiving today. So that's where I go with that. Fill fill up with most of the sides. So the next question was, why do I recommend the products that I do? Which is a delightful question because it may seem random if you don't know me and my background and, and what I've done for our company for the last few years. So I started with aesthetics about four or five years ago. really wasn't, I mean, I was using some skincare, but wasn't like super into it. Really had to learn a lot, do a lot of education, a lot of trainings to try to kind of understand what the different skin types would need, different ingredients, all of that. I would say I have done a lot of testing of all these different lines that honestly has led me to form opinions based on my own experience and the experience of the hundreds and hundreds of patients and skincare consults that I've done um, over the last few years. So I recommend what I do based on all of that feedback, results, before and after pictures I'm not as good – I don't – honestly, I don't share enough before and after pictures. And I'll tell you why because I'm really – so actually Dr. Subio posted a thing this week about this. And I was like, God, this is so validating. Okay. I am really, really, really conscious of pictures and when the lighting and the – even the background and and everything that you're looking at is has to be the exact same in order for it to be really a true, good quality before and after. And just because of the nature of my practice and I – like I do a lot of virtual consults and – it's really difficult to get a good, extremely consistent before and after that I feel like is not going to be misleading or taken as misleading in any way. You know, so I I don't know. I've just always been really self-conscious about sharing before and afters. Um, I think a lot of injectors are, but there are also a lot of injectors who are on the other side and they We'll take a picture in their office and very specific lighting at specific angles. And then a patient will send them a selfie and they post it as an after. And like that, frankly, is just not the same. So, OK, I'm digressing from the original question. Why do I recommend <laughs> the products that I do just based on knowledge of the ingredients, the knowledge of, you know, what each ingredient actually does for each skin type and my personal either use of it. There are a lot of products that I recommend sometimes that I haven't actually used, but I know it's because it's not best for my skin type. I think growth factor serums are a great example of that. Like, I have plenty of patients who love and get great results from the Zeo Growth Factor Serum. I personally am very, very acneic and the same with Bio Serum Firm from Neocutis. God, I love that product. I love it so much. It feels amazing. It has great results for your skin. I have not been in a place with my skin where I can use it and feel confident that I'm not going to break out. So I just kind of don't right now. Maybe there will be a day in my future when I can use it, but today is not that day. So that's what that's why I pick what I do. I do a lot of testing um, for our company, and for the last few years, anything that we have sold has been tested by me and then this little team of folks in our practice that I use to test things as well. Um, sometimes I I can't test the product, but I have a group that will test it and give me their honest feedback. So there are a couple of brands that I know. You know, you guys ask me about. Um, there's absolutely no reason for me to like call out specific brands here, but that other people really like and we don't carry them because we didn't have good testing results. So if I say to you in a consult or in a message that, you know, we didn't see great results from that, that, I mean, that's why, and that that's okay. Not every, not every line makes every single product amazing. So I'm sure that there are plenty of people that could say, well, I tested this from this line that you carry and it broke me out or whatever. And that I I get it. I feel like it's more a choice error thing than a, a product error, if that makes sense. But yeah, that's why I recommend what I do. Someone said, I love this question. Do you remember Heavy on the Veggie? That's why I started following you. And I was like, yes, I do remember the blog that I used to write. Bless it. RIP, Heavy on the Veggie. So I started a blog, gosh, this was like 10 years ago, because this is before I got married. Wait, so that would be like 14 years ago. It's embarrassing. And it was called Heavy on the Veggie. And I put recipes there and kind of bloggy, random things. And I used to write that blog. And then I used to write for the Charleston Grit, which was Charleston City was it City Paper? Or no, Posting Grit. I can't remember whose little community blog that was. And it was fun. But then I got super busy at work and I didn't have time to do it anymore. And then I didn't want to pay for the website anymore if I wasn't really updating it. So I let it go. RIP. Should have kept up with it. But it was, it was really fun because I feel like I was writing about food in the Charleston community as it was becoming such a massive foodie town. And so I used to get to go to like restaurant openings and tastings and things like that. And it, it really it was super fun. This before Ed and I had kids. So we had like a lot of really fun dates at some really special places. And then I got to write about them. So that that was just a really cool and, and fun fun time in my life. But I had to quit writing about food eventually and, and write about things that I, I knew a little bit more about, which here we are, here we are today. Uh, So, and that actually goes next with the next question really well. What are some of my Charleston favorites? So I didn't know if this meant meals, stores, things to do. I can answer kind of all of them. So I have a ton of Charleston favorite restaurants. I mean, that ranges from, you know, my favorite, quick salad lunch place has always been Verde. I think um, Jennifer and her husband have done an incredible job with curating this incredibly special menu. They home make everything that they can, like all their dressings, all their toppings. I mean, if you have like a buffalo cauliflower or something, like they made the buffalo cauliflower. They made that you know, random. They've got like a barbecue vinaigrette thing they do in the summer that's so good. They make cornbread croutons that go on it. I legit think about it. It is November. I will be thinking about it until whenever they bring it back, maybe next May. So, on that end, Verde, absolutely a favorite. Uh, we love home team barbecue. I'm not generally a wing person, but their wings are so good. My kids actually really love them. Aaron and Darby are just great people they're great for the Charleston community and now they've spread their wings. We love same with co-op. I mean, kind of same thing. I, I love supporting restaurants, one that are good, but two that also support and give back to this community. And I feel like those are, and there's I mean, honestly, they're like, there's, there's too many to name. These are just art, like personal restaurants that I frequent and love. There, there are plenty. I think, you know, Levin Lamar's restaurant group, they do an incredible amount. I'm, I'm Gosh, I'm like thinking back to when we did all the Ronald McDonald stuff and they, Gave all those meals like Bourbon and Bubbles has a great meal and it's super fun. But then I also love, you know, Chenu and Malagon. Leon's is one of our favorites and they do a great job with community, too. We just are really fortunate, I think, to have some incredible restaurant groups here that really give back. The Basic Projects group, all of their stuff is great. We've been going to fish camp like once a week because we we live out here. Now, I could honestly, I could ramble about food for 45 minutes. I, I will not. And I think now in Charleston, we're in a place where if something's not really, really good, they close pretty quickly because we just are in this space now where the town just like doesn't have time to tolerate mediocrity. That sounds crazy, but it's true. There's also, if you're ever out at Sullivan's or Ala Palms, okay, there is this little cafe out here. It's going to kill me because we go there almost every day and he's like, loves the fact that he can just roll in and roll out. And I'm sure it doesn't want it to be any busier, but okay. It's called cafe Panam, Paname. I don't know which, I don't know which one it is, Panam or Paname. And it is a French guy that runs it and he makes fresh homemade pastries every day. And I'm talking about like, there is a French man making your chocolate croissant where you're like, Oh, they're out of them. And he's like, hold on, let me get it out of the oven. And it is a warm chocolate croissant coming straight from the oven to your mouth. It's the, honestly, it's incredible. The coffee is incredible. Like it's so good, but it's tiny. So if you go in the summer when the islands are packed, I mean, it might take you 45 minutes to get your coffee and your chocolate croissant, but I'm going to be honest, it's worth it. I mean, it is really freaking good. I love that place. It's worth driving out here. And if you drive out here in the off season, you will not wait 45 minutes and you can sit in there and, or sit outside. It's just, it's awesome. And then faves, as far as like, gosh, uh stores. I love Hampton's my favorite. Y'all know that. I I will I'm a stan. But then I've also been loving the the little shops out on Sullivan. So Goldbug, super cute. I've gotten some bathing suits and jewelry out there. I love Benny and Coco has some really unique stuff. We've just got some really we've got some really cool and unique boutique, especially for kids. I think both Dear Georgie and Pitt Street Kids have really cool and unique stuff for kids that to me aren't like overly traditional and like in Ellie Fox. Now, if you do want traditional, Ellie Fox does a great job of that. They also have kind of a mix. They have great toys. Like they have a huge toy selection. Wonderworks I love for toys. I don't know. I could go on. I Maybe I'll just make like a whole episode that's about Charleston Faves, because that's kind of hard. And there's so many categories and I don't want to miss anybody and not do our town justice. So yeah, I'll do a whole hour about that. Hampton Clothing has been a staple of Charleston and nationally renowned boutique for over a decade. So it is my personal go-to for those incredibly unique, high quality pieces that truly stand the test of time, honestly, and elevate my simple wardrobe every day. I love being able to text my stylist and have her always keeping an eye out for me for pieces that I'll love, when things go on sale, things that I can pair with what I already have. So if you're looking for brands and styles that you can't find anywhere else, Hampton is a must. So their try before you buy option makes it super easy to shop online. That's HamptonClothing.com. And their personal stylists are honestly available all the time. They don't work on commission, so there's never that like pushy, weird sales feeling. They have everything from your high-end designers like Stella McCartney, Kate, Isabel Morant to just everyday wearable pieces like Mother Denim and Zarina. You'll love it as much as I do, and you can get 10% off with code DabbleCo if you check out their website, www.hamptonclothing.com, that's H-A-M-P-D-N, clothing.com, and you'll get 10% off with code DabbleCo. All right, next question, taking a hard left. So I I talked last week about Stanley straws, excuse me, Stanley cups, and how the straw is giving you mouth wrinkles. And people were like, "Wait, what? What do you mean?" So, all right, let's have a little educational sesh. The muscle that is goes around your mouth. All right, your mouth is a circle. There's a muscle. It's called the orbicularis oris. It's a purse string muscle, meaning like if you think about pulling the strings on like a purse or a drawstring bag or drawstring string anything, how it tightens up like that. There's one muscle. It's a circle around your mouth, and you might think of them as smokers lines, the little lines that form above your lips. They're perpendicular. Let me think about my verbiage. They're perpendicular to the lip. So if the lip is going across, I I'm touching my lips if it sounds weird. I have to touch and talk so I can say this correctly. So the lines are going perpendicular to your lip. So up and down the face and super common in smokers. But we've realized now that as straw culture, Becomes ever pervasive in our society. Lots of people are using straws all day, every day, and they're getting lip lines that way too. I'm not saying, you know, never use a a straw. I mean, I drink a smoothie almost every day. I got to use a straw. I'm not, I'm not sipping that whole mouth out of a cup. That's weird. So I'm going to use a straw. I try really hard and I'm sure I look like a complete moron to put the straw in the side of my mouth and use like my cheek muscle more than pursing my lips but, you know, there's really not a great way to avoid them if you're smoking, number one, because the way that we inject Botox or I use in to, to soften those lines will also make it very difficult for you to purse your lips in that fashion. So if you're a smoker, you're not going to want to get that injection necessarily because then you're going to have a hard time smoking you cig. So it can make it difficult for people to use a straw but for some people it's it's worth it. I personally just try to limit my straw use. Like that's why when I was talking about Stanley and people asked what I use, I really use a smart water bottle. I'm testing the Oddwalla right now, I got to be honest. At first I was like this water bottle is a miracle. You can use it. So it's a, it's a metal water bottle, but the top is plastic, which I like cuz then you're not banging the metal into your teeth. And it has, it's weird. It has like an opening where you can just drink out of it. But then it also has this little hole that you can kind of sip like a straw. It's very, it's kind of fascinating, kind of genius. I can't get it to not leak. So I need tips on that. Whatever I'm doing wrong, please let me know. I Mine has been leaking and I, I'm very confused as to what I'm doing wrong. All I have to say, I try to limit my straw use. So I'm not going to drink out of like a Stanley or any Yeti, whatever, anything where I have to use a straw all day. I'm just not going to do it because I don't love getting a lip flip and getting those smokers lines injected. It doesn't do a whole lot for me personally other than relax that and then make it difficult for me to talk. But I've got plenty of patients who just absolutely love it and and will not stray from that. So those are my hard hitting thoughts on on mouth wrinkles and straws. And, and this person said, what do we do? I mean, you got to you got to decide you got to decide are you going to be a straw girl with lip lines or are you going to let that straw go? I don't know. That's only, I can't make that decision for you. All I can do is help you after the lounge form. (laughs) So I'll do my best. Okay, this is such a good question. Best presents that we've ever given each other, meaning myself and my husband, because we're coming up on the holiday season. So I feel like a few years ago, I don't know if all men are like this or if it's just the men that I know. Like anytime I would kind of think of one thing that Ed might need or want or enjoy. Of course, he's not really a shopper, so I can only really talk, speak for him. But let's say he needed a I don't know a new, a new golf club or pair of shoes, whatever. Like some, you would already have gotten it or picked out something that would be better. And kind of the same for me. Like I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not really trying to make a list per se. And I, but I also don't want you to buy me something that I can't take back. I'm kind of particular. I don't know. We just kind of stopped trying to like gift each other a while ago and just said, unless it's like a trip or an experience, or we'll say like this year, you know, for Christmas, we're going to take the girls to New York for a couple of days. I mean, that's expensive. New York is expensive at baseline. And then at Christmas time, it's like on steroids. But so, and I don't, I mean, I don't really need anything specific right now like I kind of shop for myself as the year goes along and I don't know I I'm sure I could make a list of things that would be nice to have but I would rather have that experience and I would rather spend whatever money he would spend on a gift on an experience there so I said you know what just don't give me anything but then we also don't want our our girls to feel like oh mom and dad don't give each other Christmas presents like do they not love each other so I was like, just go in my closet. I've got, you know, extra skincare at all times. They don't know that where it comes from. Like just wrap up some of my own skincare, wrap up a box of Xeomin and a syringe of Radius, you know, put it in the Christmas tree, get one of my shirts that I, they don't, I haven't seen me wear in a while and just put in a bag. That's totally fine. And I'm, I'm, I'm over that point in my life of like, I need for him to get me a, a gift to feel loved. I mean, I feel like time and, and experiences with our, our family are really what's kind of the most important to us right now. So tickets, I will say when we were dating, I, he's this big Pearl Jam guy, and I got him tickets to go see Pearl Jam in San Diego. That was awesome. He got me last year tickets to go see Nate Bargatze. Unfortunately, it fell on the same weekend as my friend's 40th birthday, so we didn't get to go, which is really sad. Nate Bargatze, somehow if you're listening, he's, you're not, but I mean, mean, you never know. We would like to go see him in person. Uh, so we had to sell those tickets, but stuff like that, you know, just kind of try to look around and keep your eyes open and you might have to buy the tickets six months in advance and then sit on them until Christmas. But I think, I think experience at this stage in our life experiences are, are really what's going to be meaningful and, and what we'll remember. I'm not gonna remember in 10 years that he got me a pair of shoes for Christmas. Uh it's different. I mean, the kids are different, you know. I think when they get slightly older, we will probably lean into experiences more. They're just not in that phase right now. We're still trying to kind of balance that. So I just think maybe 10 to 12 is when when we'll be able to start leaning into that with the kids. And then and then we will. And then we will for sure. But for right now, they're still really little. They're into toys and Crap and we just we have to embrace that. You got to meet people where they are, you know? And we're just trying to do that. All right. Next question was about us again moving details. Did you rent? Do you own? Will we stay where you are? And why do you move so much? Great question that we ask ourselves all the time. No, I'm just kidding. I talked a little bit about on my last 10 10 questions podcast. So I don't want to like beat it with a dead beat a dead horse, not beat it with a dead horse. That'd be weird. But I talked about kind of the why of why we moved to Nashville and then, and then back to to Charleston. But I actually was talking to somebody about this last night about moving in a general sense. So I, we've moved, let me think. Okay. James Island, Mount downtown, Mount Pleasant twice, rental house, Nashville rental house, Nashville built a house. So we've built two houses. We've renovated two houses. And then this, when we moved, Back to Charleston, we moved into a house that had already been renovated. I'm renovated, kind of an under, under um, selling. What it was like, completely gutted. We did not do it, which was nice. It was nice not to have to do that work. We had just built a house, so I think we both we looked at some houses that we would have had to do some work. And I just kind of said, I can't do that right now. I'm sure we'll do it again, but moving for us has brought some um, really nice financial success. I think we make good choices with real estate and we really stretch and try to figure out what we can do and how to make things better. Ed and I work really well together doing that. He really, I like to say (laughs) Ed has like the 30,000 foot view and I have the seven foot view. So like he's looking at the long-term investment portion of things and the bigger picture of where the house is. And I am looking at the very small picture of what do the countertops look like? What do, what are the interior furnishings? I now, you know, work with someone, and Becca, shout out Becca Jones Interiors, um, who's really helpful about kind of pulling that all together. She helped me with our last house that we built in Nashville. She's helping me with this house in nashville fortunately thank god because they literally could not be more opposite like our house in nashville is super traditional which is more my vibe and then here we are in a crazy modern house so i have to have to like rethink everything and she's really helping me make that pivot but so i'm i'm taking that we, we have two completely different views about what is important but we also value each other's view so I value what Ed is bringing to the table for the long term and he values which it took a minute to get there but he values the the things that I'm bringing to the table which is more the aesthetic component of the home and the like hey the furniture that goes in here matters and the things we put in the walls and it does that helps you sell a house for more money and then you get to move somewhere else that you want to go so we love where we're living now we love 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 it we love our street we, have, we love our neighbors I mean it's just fun. We love living out at the beach, and I mean, we go to the beach all the time. We just, we're outside all the time. We're just barreling through sunscreen, you know, like nobody's business. Kind of kidding, kind of not. But you know, it's just been awesome for us. It's it's our the lifestyle that we wanted out here, and it's it's home and it's casual, and it's relaxed, and it's super fun. So, I'm sure, just statistically and realistically, I'm sure that we will move at some point to another home. I can't imagine moving very far from where we are currently at this moment. I would love to live literally across the street from where we live, so we'll just keep our eyes peeled and hope that our neighbors will let us know before they sell their houses so that we can try to buy them. But yeah, we we love it, but I'm sure we'll move again. That's just kind of it's just kind of what we do. I know that's not for everybody, but we we have it down pretty well. Now, you know, moving I feel like sucks every time you do it no matter how much help that you have. I mean, we've worked with moving companies, professional organizers, just everything under the sun to to make it easier and it's still just a lot. And I'm sure that there is a level of money that exists where you can just show up to a house and everything is done and unpacked for you and you don't have to do anything. But until we are winning the lottery, we are not at that level. And I t- think most people are not. doesn't matter. There's No matter how much help you have, it's still just a lot. And it's a lot on the kids. So like, I think now we have to think about the kids and all that. Anyway, I've said too much about the moving. No one cares, except for the one person who asked that question. Okay, n- next question. Flu vaccine this year, yay or nay? Gosh, yay. Although I feel like an idiot and I haven't gotten it yet. And I'm like, not sure if I've had the flu this week. I don't know. I don't think I have. Because I haven't had a fever or body aches, but I've had the craziest sore throat that I've ever had in my life. And when I posted that the other day, I did have a couple people message me and say, that's what I had. And I got tested for the flu and it was positive. So I'm like, shoot, have I been rolling around here with the flu? I don't know. I do feel like, yes, I I will get that. Um, One of my children will, one will not this year specifically, we're just dealing with some stuff with... working with immunology at um, MUSC, trying to figure out what's kind of going on. Um, don't want to confuse things, and that's okay for right now, but um, Ed and I both will get it. COVID vaccine, that's a different conversation. I probably need to have a whole nother episode about that. I don't think we'll be getting it this year, any of us. So do with that information what you will. I mean, we'll, we just need to talk about it. It's so much more complicated, I think, of an answer than, than a lot of people are, are making it. And it's extremely personal choice for your health, the health of your family, your children, your, you know, parents, elder, who, whoever that is in your life. But, but flu for us, I think is, is a pretty simple answer. We've, we've all, we've seen in, in our family. So when I say we all, I mean, um, a husband who's an internist, myself as a nurse practitioner, even when I was on like the head and neck, like airway, you know, service like team at MUSC, we had multiple patients that, had trachs from young cases, younger. I mean, now it's like 40 years old. That seems very young to me where they had crazy flu and went into ARDS, which is adult respiratory distress syndrome, and had to be on a ventilator and get a trach and all that stuff. I mean, Ed's been hospitalized for the flu and. You know, we feel good enough about the flu vaccine that even if it's not going to prevent us from the flu, we do know that the data is there that it does help prevent the severity of disease and hospitalization. And that is, is worth it. I mean, we have experienced that firsthand and especially Ed's, Ed's ER experience, my ENT experience, you know, his pers- literal personal experience of being hospitalized from the flu as a, gosh, how old was he? I was like six years ago. So he was like 39 when he was in the hospital because of the flu, which is pretty crazy. How do you manage each other and careers? This is, I feel like I get asked this question all the time and I will always try to answer it because I feel like I can't say it enough. Uh, well, we don't manage each other. That's fine. Well, I don't know. Maybe I do kind of try to manage it. Somebody tries, has to try to manage Ed, and it's, it's a lot. But I think that people ask this question because there are so many people with Maybe similar situations, maybe completely different, where one spouse works a ton or both spouse, spouses work or whatever it looks like, where marriage is really difficult. And I think people want to hear someone say, Hey, it, like for some reason, I think people think we have some shortcut and, and good advice to give on like this is what we do and this is what works for us. I mean, it's every day, it's different every day. First of all, tons of counseling. I mean, we have had marriage counselors for years, years. We have had different counselors at different seasons of our lives who have been great for different reasons and then i think you get into different seasons and it's like well now we need kind of more to more focus on this and we've had uh different modalities used you know EFT versus you know like more a couple with another couple which is different you know more of like a group counseling session now we have a great lady in Nashville that we've worked with for quite some time who's awesome um we did like an intensive this year where we went for a full day and did like 8 hours back to back, which was awesome. Like highly recommend. Cause I feel like by the time you get to an hour long counseling session, you've finally gotten where you need to go in the conversation. And then it's like, Oh, see you late. Like see you next time. And so doing a, a full day was, I feel like we went through five years of counseling in, in a full day. So I can't recommend that enough, but cause you just, I think when you're both really busy in your cr- career, that's one thing. And then you throw kids in there and there's another thing. And then you throw, you know, moving and your companies and all this stuff. It's just, it's a lot. So I would just say, do not hesitate to talk to people who are going through the same thing, you know, get a counselor. It's, there's no downside to me to, to marriage counseling. And if you have a spouse that's not willing, I'm so sorry. I mean, I I cannot imagine that if, if either one of us had been, Unwilling to do that. I mean, it's just, it's critical for us. And we've changed some of our habits. I will say, too, this couple of things that we kind of came away from our intensive with are just like little habits that we've changed. So we now, I mean, I say this as of like a month ago, like this is not like we've been doing this for years. This is kind of some new stuff. So we now turn our phones off from 5 30 to 8 30, not put our phones down, not put them in a different, we literally turn them off because we realized that was like kind of the most stressful part of the day, but also the most critical part of the day. It's when we're trying to eat dinner as a family. It's when we're trying to get our kids ready for bed. And then we would get our kids ready for bed and then both just kind of like zone out and go like finish up work or get ready for bed. I would get ready for bed and get in the bed and then just be on my phone scrolling for like an hour and then just like fall asleep. And we never reconnected at the end of the day. So now what we do is – we turn our phones off. And it, for us, 5.30 to 8.30 works because we're, our kids are early to bed, early to rise. Uh, we They go to school at 6.45 in the morning. So for us, 5.30 to 8.30 works. For you, it might be 6.30 to 9.30, 7 to 10, whatever that time looks like for you. But now what we do is we eat dinner if we can as a family, which is most nights we're, we try to do that, and then get the kids down. And then we will reconnect for like an hour. So whether that is... Watching a show together, talking on Sundays, we try to work through any conflict. I say conflict, but it's more like logistical conflicts of the family. Like what's your travel for this week? Like what meetings do you have? When are you not going to be here for dinner? Like when, uh, you know, do you need me to pick up the kids? Whatever that looks like. We try to do that on Sundays, whether it's recapping our day, staring at each other, whatever it is, we try to do that uh, until 830. And then we can have individual time until around 10. And then we try to get in the bed at the same time because I feel like that has helped us to kind of get on the same same page. So I hope that's helpful. Um, this has been really long. Gosh, I thought this was going to be like 15 minutes, but I'm, I'm 34 minutes in. And I've still got my last question. Should we get a dog for our kids? Good Lord. Okay. I, I had to answer this question because I feel like – I feel like – I, we fought it for a long time and I'm so glad that we did. I would not have gotten a dog two years ago. We said no to our kids forever. Like we, I felt like we were saying no to our kids legitimately all day, every day for years, but we couldn't have handled it. Our kids would not have been helpful. They were not old enough to help. Now we've got a six and eight year old. They can help take the dog out in the morning. They help take her out at night. They feed her. I mean, she's their responsibility. So Ultimately, it's my responsibility, obviously. I think that's why you're asking this question. But no, it's been really good. And we actually thought, you know, my older daughter was more into dogs and we thought that the dog was going to be amazing for her, but it's been great for both of them. And she, my younger one is actually really loving the dog more than we thought. And she was kind of afraid of dogs. Now she's like super into them. She loves the dog. I just think it's good. It's good for a million different reasons. We do have a cat allergy and we think cats are from the devil. So we will never have a cat thankfully we don't have any dog allergies tested and true there but i would say when your kids are old enough you can handle it you also have to have good support like we have neighbors who are always wanting wanting to like take the dog for a walk and dog sit and all that like i don't we, also in nashville we didn't have anywhere to like take the dog out we lived up on this big hill and we had almost like a courtyard in the back that was turf like we had no yard really? Like I don't know where we would have taken the dog out. So that has to play into it. Whereas now we have a fenced in backyard, super flat neighborhood. It's easy. It makes sense. And I don't think that we could have done that before. So I mean there's just a million things. Don't get a dog because I got a dog. You gotta get don't get a dog unless you just really are really, really ready for the dog. But yeah, we have a dog. She's super cute. She's a mini Aussie Doodle. Ten out of 10 would recommend her and Charlotte Dog Club. Okay, guys, we did it. We got through another week. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope that this episode was informative and entertaining. And as always, if you liked the episode, please rate, share, and subscribe. That's how I continue to get great guests. Coming up, we're going to have one of my favorite dietitians, Lauren Manneker. I've got a good friend of mine who's going to talk about eating disorder recovery. We're going to have a founder of an amazing company that I love. Come on and talk about her company and what it's done for her and her customers. And hopefully I'll get Ed on here sometime soon. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks. Bye.